0: 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and then we'll go to the 39th Psalm, the 39th Psalm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I went to the Lord this week and began to look to Him about what I should minister today, what He wanted for us today, and uh, He said, I want you to tell my people to judge themselves. That's not a bad news message either. It's a good news message. And um, first of all, you know, this message is for us primarily. It's for you. You know, God is ministering to, to, to you, to me, uh, to those watching. And, uh, but uh, there are so many that are not here today that need to hear what we're going to share. And, and you have people all around you who are not ready to meet their maker. They're not ready to meet their maker. And they've, they've, um, if they've given eternity any thought at all, many people have just dismissed it or they have based uh, what they believe about eternity on the culture, uh, the winds of predominant thought, uh, presumptions, and fanciful wishes, what they hope it to be. You know, but I wouldn't want to step over into eternity based on what I wish it to be. What I want to happen when I step out of this life. Amen. Now, on this planet, this year, we're coming to the end of the year. I hope you have that ready, Melissa. Uh, praise Sister Melissa, excuse me. Uh, in this year, and it's this, this way, it's just a statistical average, 56 million human beings will die this year. Amen? And the world keeps track of it. And I think we have the world death clock. I didn't know there was such a thing. And uh, so I don't know if that's a week clock or the total clock. The one I, well, This is fine, but the one I looked at was about, I think it was up around 54 million when you that talked about the annual. This is two days worth. Okay, thank you for that. And so I just want you to see that number clicking. That's people dying. You'll be that one day, should the Lord tarry is coming. Oh, hallelujah. Look at it. That's somebody's father, somebody's mother, somebody's brother, somebody's child, some human being just left the planet. I don't know if I can snap to keep up with it. Yeah. Exit, exit, exit. Death. Let's get the funeral business, right? Bam, bam, bam. This is two days and counting, Brother David said. Amen? I mean, to scare you, but people aren't thinking. Right. People aren't thinking. They're not sober about what's coming. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, if it's not going to be just a distraction for you, just leave it up there. Just leave it up there. Amen? Because, you know, the, uh, the, ca- the uh, casualty rate among humans is 100%. <laughs> now, there will be a generation that's caught out of here. And I'm believing to be that generation, aren't you? That is, that is caught away. Amen? But the Bible says that uh, it is appointed unto every man once to die, and after that, the evaluation or the judgment. And that judgment that is made upon your death will be eternal. It's an eternal judgment. In other words, the decision that is rendered on your life when you step over into that realm will will be beyond time. No, No time will change it. It will be what is decided is decided for all time, forevermore, forever. Amen. Amen. And uh, you say, well, I'm dismissed from this, Pastor. I'm not sure why you're teaching this, because I'm born again. Well, no. (laughs) Praise God. Uh, We'll get to that. Uh, Amen. But every Christian's heading towards a judgment, too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get too far ahead of myself. It's called the Bema. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, so, anyway, let's read this scripture here. In the midst of Paul rehearsing the revelation he received directly from the Lord about the Lord's Supper, taking the bread, taking the cup, he makes this statement in verse 28. But let a man, he's writing to born again, spirit-filled, church-going Christians, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For He that eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks damnation, or really that's a bad translation, should be condemnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now notice verse 30. For this cause, or for this reason, not a few, many, many who? Many Christians. Many Spirit-filled Christians. Many church-going Christians. Mm -hmm. What are they? Many are weak and sickly. That word sickly in the Greek means they're prone to be sick. They're prone to be sick. Why? Well, because their immune system's bad. No. That's not what Paul said. He said, for this cause. What's the cause? They didn't discern the Lord's body. They didn't discern the Lord's body. I don't want to get on to that. Into that. That's a whole sermon in itself. Praise God, but you better discern the Lord's body and everything that that means. And, but because most don't, many are weak and they're sickly and among you. And then it says, and many many sleep. That means to die premature. That that nice King James word, sleep, in the Greek means to die before your time. So it gets rid of that idea that everyone who dies, dies in God's time. Mm -hmm. No, you die before your time. People die before their time for a cause, for a reason. Now notice verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. See, that's good news right there. You got to think about that right. That is good news. If I judge myself, I won't be judged. Cuz I did it already. <laughs> Me and the Lord, with the Lord's help and with his word, I judged myself. Therefore, I'm not I'm not heading toward some sort of negative judgment because I judge myself. Amen. But then in verse 32 it says, "But when we are judged, we are chastened" of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. And so the Lord said for me to tell you, judge yourself. Amen. Judge yourself. Amen. Praise God. How are you living? Are you walking in the way? Uh, are, you, are you living in such a way that is pleasing to the Lord? Are you in His will? Amen. Are you prepared to step into eternity? Are you prepared to meet your Maker? Now, the Lord just reminded me of this driving over here so I didn't have a chance to look in my journal, but I do remember specifically several years ago, I always, around this time of year, I start praying about anything new or different the Lord would want me to be thinking about for the next year. And several years ago, praying that way, He said to me, Son, make me a people ready for my coming. Make me a people ready ready for my coming. So he reminded me of that today. He said, part of your job, pastor, in this church, son, is to make me a people who are ready to meet me, who are ready to stand before me. Amen. Amen. And then he said to me, even just on the way over here, many sitting there today, if they met me today, would hang their head in shame because they know, they know they're not living the life, the Christian life. Amen. Now, a lot of times we've talked ourselves into, yes, we are. and We've given ourselves a bunch of reasons, but a lot of people, they've built their life in terms of how they think about eternity based on uh, fanciful wishes that are not in the Bible. They're not substantiated in the Bible. It'd just be amazing if Christians actually read the Bible and read the words of Jesus about what He said about this life after this. Come on. Uh, It would just so awaken people's, you know, it'd be like, wow, I never, you know, did Jesus really say that? Yes, he did. Let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Jesus said a lot of things that are not uh, woke. Jesus said a lot of things that are not uh, PC. But he said, the words I speak unto you our spirit and truth, their life. Amen? And what Jesus, many of the things He said were to prepare us, to to help us know what's real, what reality is. Oh, there goes another one. Bam, bam, bam. Five more. Stepped over into eternity. John chapter 5. And uh, let's uh, look at verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus said, he that hears my word... And believes on Him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. You know a lot of people out there around you that they believe that when they step over into eternity, God will accept them because they tried to be a good person. And that is not what Jesus said. The only way you're going to have eternal life according to Jesus is what? What? Do you believe upon Him? Amen. He that believes on Him that sent me, that means the Father that sent Him, the Son, has everlasting life. That's just so simple. I'm so grateful He made it that easy. I believe upon the Father who sent His Son Jesus to die in my place. I have taken Him as my Savior, and I'm not going to have eternal life. I have it right now. I said I have it right now. And I don't have it because I'm trying to be good. Jesus said, when someone called him good, he said, why callest thou me good? There is none good but God. Amen. See, people have talked themselves into, into, into this idea that they're a good person. Not in the eyes of God. They're not. Jesus wouldn't even accept that compliment. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Then he went on and said, verily, verily, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so is He given to the Son to have life in Himself, and has given Him, the Son, authority to execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. Notice this. There is an hour coming, church, in which all that are in the graves everyone that's went there all that are in the graves are going to what they're going to hear his voice and they shall what they shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation you know that even the wicked dead are going to get raised from the dead to stand before the lord to be judged yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Notice there's a resurrection of the just and there's a resurrection of the unjust. And you, you tip in the scales with good deeds over more, you got more good deeds than bad deeds. That's not how you get among the just. There is none just in the eyes of God who has not exercised faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now go over with me to Psalm 39 now. Psalm 39. Y'all are kind of quiet, but I think you're listening. Amen. 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 Psalm 39, we're going to read verse 4 and 5. I'm going to read it to you from the God's Word translation, so yours might read a little bit different than mine. This is the psalmist David, I believe. Notice what he cries out to the Lord. Teach me, O Lord about the end of my life. Teach me about the number of days I have left so that I may know how temporary my life is. Indeed, you have made the length of my days as only a few inches. My lifespan is nothing compared to yours. Certainly, everyone alive is like a whisper in the wind. Everyone's life is like a what? A whisper in the wind. I think the King James says, you've, made, you've measured my entire lifespan in the width of my hand, hand's breadth. Over and over and over again, the Bible calls a human life a vapor, a mist, like a blade of grass. Here in green, this moment, gone the next. Gone the next. Amen? Even if you live 150 years, what is that compared to eternity? It is exactly zero. Mathematically, eternity is represented by the number zero. And so if you take, let's say you live 120 years, and you divide that by infinity. Zero. What is it? Zero. So it doesn't matter how long you live, it's exactly zero Compared to eternity. But here's the kicker. What you do in zero time will echo through all eternity. And very few human beings on this planet are living their life today with eternity in mind. Now here's here's a way you could think about this. This is exactly... A perfect, I believe, analogy as to, as to what the Bible teaches about how, how your life is going to be measured when we get on, get on to the other side of this thing. Amen? So let's say you get one 24-hour period. One 24-hour period. And how you live in one day will determine how you spend the next 10,000 years. Because we want to talk in terms of eternity, (laughs) right? That's just hard for the mind. The mind just checks out. But can you even comprehend the number 10,000? That takes you back before Adam. Let's just even get before that. Let's just say you get a 24-hour period, and everything you do in the 24-hour period is going to be measured, and that's how you're going to spend the next 1,000 years. Well, you didn't just think about 1,000 years. That's going to take you back before the United States was ever created. It's going to take you back before Christopher Columbus. It's going to take you way, way, way back there. A thousand years is a long time. Let me ask you something. If one day was going to determine where and how and the quality, and your reward, it's going to affect you, and it's an eternal de- it's a one thousand year decision. How would you live that one day? How would you live that one day? How would you live that one day? Amen. I mean, would you do everything you could to get high marks, to be kind, to walk in love, to, 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 be, to do the will of God, to, to do exactly what He told you for one day? Amen. What's one day measured to it? You would just freely give it up, right? Who cares? I'm going to give up the day. Whatever, I'm going to give my whole day to to just please the Master. It's not about me. It's about whatever would please and honor and bless Him because on the other side of this one silly day, my next 1,000 years are set and determined and it won't be changed. Well, however mindset you think you would take on, that is (laughs) statistically exactly how you should approach your whole life. Because what is 80 years? What is 80 years? Realize whatever X number of years is that you live, it will determine, it will determine how, what kind, what quality, your position, your reward that will echo for eternity. Hallelujah. And so David, he's getting a little bit of sense of this, and he said, Father, help me. Help me to number my days. Help me to think right about my life. Help me to know how, how fragile, how, how short, how quick my life is. Are y'all listening? Amen. Amen. I mean, people are, they are headed for the shock of their life. Let me tell you a story—a true story—that I heard about a minister that I, I, a minister I know of, told this story. True story. I'm just going to quote it exactly like he rehearsed it. He had a friend. I had someone he knew. He became his friend, but, but you know, back in this when this story began, obviously they, they were not friends because he's a minister, and this man was a a hardcore atheist. And uh, but he he told his story. Uh, about how he came to know the Lord. And he was about as atheist as you'd ever heard of. And uh, uh, he wouldn't allow anyone to even talk to him. If someone tried to talk to him about the Lord, he would just shut him down and and just curse him out. And he just wouldn't have it. In fact, one day, uh, i just look at my notes to make sure I get it right. I don't want to not quote it right. Someone tried with a Bible to, to tell him something about the Lord. And he took the Bible, he threw it on the ground, he stomped on it and began to curse the man and his God and the Bible. That's how, that's how anti-Christian he was. And uh, he, he cursed the man and he called the man, you're, you know, this whole Christian thing, you're just weak. It's a crutch, brainless. And, uh, but anyway, that's, that's how he lived. But after some years, uh, he began to suffer from severe chest pain and went to the doctor, and back then, I guess it was long enough ago, they didn't have all the camera work and all the things they went, so they opened him up to look around. They immediately sewed him back up, and when he awoke, they said, He's, you've got maybe 24 hours to live. Uh, you're, just, you're just toast in there with your heart. Mm. And so he said, lying there, realizing that uh, his outcome was not what he desired, And he began to just tell. He said, I began to just know that what's coming is not all. Even though I proclaimed it and cursed people about it. He just knew. And so in desperation, he tried to think of someone he knew that was a Christian and remembered a guy, called him on the phone, and the man came and led him to the Lord. (laughs) And, uh, And so he got born again, and the man prayed that God would heal him, and God healed him, he's still alive today. And become a good friend of this minister that I'm telling you about. And uh, so, it's interesting when, it's easy to be an atheist when you're not dying. Right? But then here's what's interesting. Without, he didn't, He was aware, he was made aware as he got close to his moment where his number's about to tick on the wall. He knew there was something coming next. Well, how did he get that knowledge? He didn't get it from the Bible. We know what he thought about the Bible. He didn't get it because he heard a Christian witness to him because he always shut them down. Where did he get the knowledge that there's something coming next? Well, the answer's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's look at it. If you're in Psalms, go to Proverbs to the right and then Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Y'all all right? You may not have thought this is what's coming to you today, but this is what's coming to you today. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I just, I just believe time is so short. Time is so short. And soon we'll be... Now, one way that... Uh, eternity is defined, it's the time by a state where time has no relevance. You're going to enter into a state where time has no meaning. It's just unending a life apart from time being relevant. And yet in this zero, statistically, this zero time, Brianna, your whole life will be measured. That vapor. There it is, and then it's gone. Your eternity will be measured and judged on the vapor. Well, I don't like that. I don't care that you don't like that. I I may not like that. I'm telling you what the Word says. People should get interested about what this actually says, not what they hope it says, not what they think it says, not what they heard Grandpa say that he thought it said. You're going to be judged by every jot and every tittle that's in the book. I'd be interested. Your whole eternity is going to be measured by what's in here, and what you think's in here may not be what, what's really in here. Because I hadn't read in here anywhere, I'm love and everybody's going to make it in the end. That's, that's I can't find that. I'd love to find that in here. I would, wouldn't you? It don't matter what you do. God's such a God of love. He's just going to erase it all. It's just, you know, whatever. But I can't find it. Amen. Where would I tell you to go? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look at verse 11. I think that's right. Ecclesiastes 3, 11. He hath made, God hath made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He hath set eternity in their heart. The Bible says the world, but the, the Hebrew there is eternity. Anybody uh, Bible say eternity? Eternity, eternity, eternity? God has set eternity in the heart. Isn't that interesting? Go over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Y'all are so somber today. Well, I know it's it's not a lot to shout about yet, but praise God. When you step over an attorney, if you actually do something about this truth, you'll be, you'll be shouting when you, when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really the whole thrust. Guys, don't live for today. Don't live for today. Don't live your life for today. Live it for there. Live it for there. Don't live it for here. This is exactly zero compared to there. Don't don't live to be popular here. Live to be celebrated there. Amen. Don't live just to heap stuff up down here. It's all going to get burned up. Live Live to be heralded. If you ask me, Pastor Chris, what are you living for? This is what I tell people. I'm living to hear my Savior say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm going to be mad at myself for 10,000 years if I don't hear the Master say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I'm living for. I'm not living for a house. I'm not living for a weekend. I'm not living for fun. I'm not living for earthly fame. I'm not living for money. Now I'm finding out. God take care of me down here. Amen. Amen. But I am living... Not perfect. I'm not expecting him to say, you did everything perfect. I just wanted to hear him say, well done, yeah. thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. A- amen. And uh, praise God, then I'll, I'll let everything, you know, I don't care about everything else. In Romans chapter 1, verse 19, we read this. Because that which may be known of God is manifest or revealed. Where? in them for God has showed it unto them now the them are unbelievers who don't read their Bibles they're still accountable to their creator why because God has planted the knowledge of eternity in the heart of every human how fair is that of God It doesn't matter if they're born in a Muslim culture. It doesn't matter if they're born in an atheistic culture. It doesn't matter if they're born Hindu. God has planted the knowledge of eternity in their hearts. And if they'll seek to please God sincerely, no matter what their religion, no matter what their faith, God will reveal the truth to them. He will send them a preacher. God God sent Cornelius an angel. He was a pagan. He was a Roman pagan. He was not a Jew. He was not a Bible reader. But he had a heart toward God. He feared God. He knew there was a God. He prayed to God. He gave to poor people. And God said, Angel, get down there and help Cornelius figure it out. Get him to Peter. And so Peter can tell him how he can be born again. And him and his whole house was saved, born again, saved from hell. Amen. Because. He was responding sincerely to that inward thing God planted in the heart of every human that there is a God, He made me, and I'm accountable to Him. And you need, you're, you need to spread this message. You need to tell people there is a God, God made them, and he is, they are accountable to this God that made them. Amen. And so God has put eternity in our hearts. Glory to God. And that is how the man knew. Though he cursed Christians, never read his Bible, wouldn't hear anybody tell him anything about the Lord, he still knew. That's why the Bible says, fools say in their heart, not their, in their heart that there is no God. Why? Because God has already planted that knowledge in their heart. And they know. I said they know. Amen. Yeah, they know. Now, go with me. I know we're turning to some scriptures. You're in Ecclesiastes. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. No, you aren't. You went back to Romans. Go back to Ecclesiastes chapter <laughs> 12. I know we're turning some scriptures. We're doing really good on time. Hallelujah. But God told me and reminded me today make me a people that are ready. And one of the things He said to me on the way over here is no people, there is not a people that's ready who has not judged themselves. Y'all ever heard about that product called the magic eraser? (laughs) Y'all ever used that before? I don't know if it works or not. Works pretty good. You know God's got a magic eraser. He's got a magic eraser, Sarah, and He wants you to use it. Amen. Amen. The magic eraser uh, from God is repent. Amen? And listen, think right about repent. Repentance is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. If you're ever made aware on your insides of an area in your life that you need to repent, you were just, God was just good to you. I said God was good to you. Because most humans, without apart from that divine congi- conviction, we would just march on in our foolishness and never change. Amen? So that sense, when when coals of fire are on your head, and you're doing, and you're trying to persist in doing wrong, and, and but you're being bothered, you're being chased by the goodness of God, like me. After I left that frat party, I still went to the bar and to the club and sat on bar stools and did the honky tonk and all that. But after that, I never had any more fun. Never. It used to be fun, but it was never fun again after that. Why? I, because I'm going with. I, I'm trying to persist in doing wrong. <laughs> but God's not letting me have any fun. He's making me aware of this is not how He wants me to live. Yeah, but all my friends are living this way. This is not how He wants me to live. And I had to make a decision between my friends and pleasing this God who is making me convicted. Amen. But if you ever lose that sense of conviction, when you do it wrong, you're in a dangerous place repentance is a gift from God. It's your magic eraser. Amen. 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 And see, when you judge yourself, it's just—it's not a condemning thing. You're not having a beat-up mentality. You say, Father, you said for me to examine myself to see if I'm in the faith. You said to judge myself, and I wouldn't be judged. And so I'm just asking you, Father, is there any area in my life where I'm not doing right? Is there any part of my service to you and to your kingdom that I, I am not pleasing you in? Is there something that I'm putting in my eyes or my ears that I shouldn't? I'm willing to change. Amen. And you know, And then when you see things, you know, gosh, Father, I, I realize I, you said I should love my wife the way Christ loves the church. I've not been doing that. I repent. I am sorry. Forgive me. Woo. You know what? You're not going to get judged for that. Amen. You're not going to have to talk to the Lord about that. Amen. See, that's a magic eraser. Come on, that ought to make you shout right there because all of you have acted ugly. All of you acted griping and moaning. and All of you have been disobedient. All of us have been rebellious. All of us, we've heard things from the Lord clearly and then we didn't win. I do no, 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 no. I bind you, Satan. Come on. Right? And we're accountable to this. We're accountable to our God. But he says, here's a magic eraser confess your sin. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Amen. And so if you've been using, Maurice, your magic eraser on a regular basis, when the rapture happens or you click over and you come into His presence, you'll have your head up. Amen. Amen. Because all of that junk, you magic erased it. He put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Yes. He, will, he doesn't even know about it. He doesn't have any mental record about it. The Bible says that he casts our sin as far from us as the east is from the west. Glory to God. And that he, our sins he will remember no more. But which sins? The ones you repent of. Yes, that's right. The ones you put the blood on. The blood is the magic eraser. Come on. The blood of Jesus. Now, you don't take the blood, the magic eraser, and then go sin on purpose. And then get done living it and then do that. No, don't do that. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let's look at this. Verse 13 and 14. So, you know, Solomon's written this. And, you know, he asked God at the beginning of his journey. His daddy died. Now he's taken over. And he says, oh, God shows up and says, what do you want? Ask me anything. And he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for victory over his enemies. He he didn't ask for fame or earthly power. You know what he asked for? He said, oh, Father, your people's a great people. Who am I to lead your people? Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom so I can see and so that I can know. And you know, God was so pleased with that. He made him wiser than any man that's ever been. And so he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And we're getting down to the last two. Well, they are the last two verses of this book he wrote. And in verse 13 it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let me just tell you the whole thing. Let me just sum it up for you. Amen. And what he'd been talking about for 12 chapters is uh, the whole of earthly experience from the natural point of view. Not the spiritual point of view, the natural point of view. He said, it's vain. Life is vain. What happens to the wicked happens to the just. They all die like. And he said, you know, I've observed this, you know, I, I've done well and God's blessed my life. But you know what? It's still vain because I have to turn it over to someone who doesn't have any wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> who knows what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And so he just went on for 12 chapters about this. Amen. And so he says, here's the sum. Here's the conclusion of the whole matter. What's he say? Fear God. And what? Keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. All men are accountable to that right there. Honor God, fear God, keep His commandments. Amen. That's the whole duty of man. Now notice verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Let me read that to you from the NIV. Now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. I like the message. The message translation says, The last and final word is this. Fear God, do what He tells you, and that's it. Eventually, God will bring everything that we do out into the open, and judge it according to its hidden intent, whether it's good or evil. You know, Jesus said, I won't take you there for time's sake, but uh, Jesus said there is nothing secret that will not be revealed. Nothing. Nothing secret. Nothing you do in the dark of night. Nothing you do or say when you're away from me. The very hidden motive and meditations that you have on your bed are all going to be broadcast on the housetop. It's all going to be revealed and made known. Yes. Except in the areas where you used the magic eraser. Praise the Lord. Yes. Woo, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Nothing Nothing hidden. Nothing, everything will be exposed. Amen. Everything. Amen. Amen? Oh, I got a long time. Vapor. Yeah. Mist. Uh, one translation of James chapter 4 says your life is but a vapor. Uh, one of it says puff of smoke. One tra- puff of smoke. That's it. That's 89 years. That's one of those right there. A whole lifetime. Birth to death. Gone. And yet, everything about their eternity will be measured in what happened in that vapor, that mist, in that zero time. Just remember this the next time you feel inconvenienced to come to Wednesday night church. Remember this when you feel at all slighted by being asked to serve. Remember this when you're tempted to be unkind to a coworker. Remember this when you feel like indulging yourself in fleshly self-indulgence. Remember the analogy. What would you do in 24 hours of time if you knew it was going to determine the next thousand years? Who wants to be on their knees polishing the streets of gold for the next thousand years? Who wants to spend the next thousand years at the very f- in the front 50-yard line seat in the throne room of God and not to be pushed out into the nickel seats? Oh, that's me. I don't want to worship God from afar. I want to be close. Amen? Amen. Remember this truth the next time you're weighing whether you're going to obey or disobey. Whether you're going to give of yourself or hold back and be selfish. Because everything's being recorded. Mm -hmm. But oh, thank God. If need be today, you could take the magic eraser yeah. Amen. and get rid of a whole lot of stuff. That's Let's close today. How about that over in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 3. Y'all all right? Yes, sir. What did God tell me to tell you? Judge yourself. Nobody's ready to meet him who has not judged himself. Now, here's an unfortunate truth. It's just reality, though. Thank God for the magic eraser. The magic eraser, though, what it does is it wipes out all the sin and all the shortcomings and all the failings, and oh, thank God for that. But what the magic eraser, Brother Jerry, cannot do is add positive fruit to your account by which the Lord has a basis to reward you. So many will come into heaven and they may repent of everything at the last second as they slide into home base and they look up at the umpire to say, am I safe or am I out? And they'll have nothing to be judged for negatively, but they have a blank slate. They have nothing good, no fruit to bring the Lord to be rewarded for. So they're in, but they lost all their reward. Now, you say right now you don't care about that as long as you're in. But you're going to care about it then. Guys, when you become your wife's orderly for the next 1,000 years. (laughs) And in her glorified body, she says, I want more tea. (laughs) And off you go. And that's your job for the next 1,000 years. Amen. I'm just telling you, you'll, you'll care then. Yeah. I, know, uh, I know our life seems like sometimes it's a long time. But I'm telling you what, I'm a young guy, but I just clicked over to 49, and I'm like, how did I get here? How did I get here? I was just learning to drive yesterday. Seriously. I just standing at the altar with a, you know, getting married just, just yesterday, like a day and a half ago. We're 25 years ago. Right. You know what's going to happen, Brother Caden, as young as you are? You're going to breathe in and you're going to breathe out a few more times. You're going to get some gray hair and it'll all be over. <laughs> Andrea, it's you too. All of us. How many of us, those of us on the planet that's lived a little bit longer than the others, you could really say, you look in the mirror and go, where are you? Who are you? Where did you come from? <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah, amen. Time and chance I'm going to catch up with everybody. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's, let's, now, I know that some of you, you know this, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. And so, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we'll end with this thought here. Verse number 9. Verse number 9, we'll pick it up. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereon. For other foundation can no one lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So our foundation is a man, right? Our fa- you don't have a foundation to build on if you're not born again. Right. But being born again is not the whole structure, is it? Being born again is having a foundation. Then it's up to us to build on that foundation. And this is where, you know, having the right foundation, that determines where you go. Where you go when you step over into eternity is determined by Jesus or no Jesus. That's it. Jesus or no Jesus. As way out there as it sounds, I think Rex brought this up the other day, if Hitler himself claimed the Lord Jesus right before he pulled the trigger, you're going to see him. You're going to see him. Even though he killed six million people. That's just that's six million Jews, not all the all the other people that died in the war, millions of them that he started that wacko. Right? But you'd see him. I don't think you'll see him. But anyway, that's the goodness of God. But he, maybe he have a blank foundation, but obviously nothing built on it. Right. Amen? All right. Verse 12. Now, if any man build on his foundation. Now, notice these three words. What are the three words? Gold. Silver. silver precious, stones. precious stones. All right. And what are the next three words? Wood. Wood hay. Stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest or revealed or declared, right? For the day shall declare it. The day is the judgment day. The beam of Well, I, I didn't think I was heading for a judgment. I'm saved. My name's written. Yes. That's be, and you're going to go. You're going to go right to a judgment. For the day will declare it because it shall be revealed by what? So, okay, finishing up. A man's work, you think about yourself, your life is your work. Thank God you have Jesus as a foundation. But your puff of smoke is your life. (laughs) And in this verse, Paul's saying it could be made up, it could be represented, Rex, as gold, silver, precious stones. Obviously, that sounds better than wood, hay, and stubble, right? That sounds better. It's more valuable. Uh Okay, but let's take this even further. He said, the man's work is going to be revealed. It's going to be made known. The quality of it will be tested. Everybody will know it. How's it going to be done? By fire. By fire. Take gold, silver, and precious stones, Brother David, and put it in a forge. What happens to it? What happens to gold, silver, and precious stones in fire? It becomes purified. It only becomes better. But when you put it in the fire and you take it out, if it was gold before, it'll be better gold after. If it was silver, it'll be silver. If it was diamonds, it'll be diamonds. Fire won't hurt it. Fire will purify it, but it won't destroy it. Okay, then you take another man's work, and his puff of smoke is represented by wood, hay, and stubble. It's not hard to get. You get this, where this is, right? Wood, hay, and stubble. I've been picking on people over here. I need to come over here. <laughs> Amen. You all do know, you've ever been to a campfire, right? I mean, come on, you know. What happens to wood, hay, and stubble when you put it in the fire? It's consumed. Amen. It's con- there's nothing left, just Amen. ash. So you think about that, Brother Greg, if someone's life as a Christian life God puts His fire of judgment on it, and it's all wood, hay, and stubble, and it comes back out. The only thing that will be revealed will be a foundation. And see, the reward you receive will be based on what survives the fire. That's it. So if you got born again when you were five, but you lived a backslidden, selfish life, lukewarm, unproductive, unfruitful, unprayerful, unfaithful, ungiving, unkind life. And the whole life goes, and that's it. And it's an eternal judgment. It will not be changed. It's not like you're going to hit the one million mark and God will change His mind. It's an eternal judgment based on what you did right here in this life. So thank God for the magic eraser. You can get rid of all the bad. But friend, I urge you, whatever time you have left, spend it producing gold, silver, and precious stones. And get rid, replace all of the wood, the hay, and the stubble in your life. It would take a sermon series to teach you everything about what that meant. But good Christian works with the right motive. Being a doer of the Word. Being faithful in Christian service. Walking in love. Come on, all that counts. Doing what Jesus would do. But you remember, let's let's just sum up the whole matter the way Solomon summed up the whole matter. The whole conclusion of the whole matter when you want to weigh a human life is what? Fear God. Keep His commandments. And know that everything, everything is going to get revealed one day for what it is. So bow your head today. Out there online, bow your head today. Come on, do you fear God? Do you fear God? Do you keep His commandments? Do you even know what they are? Are you even interested? Do you read your Bible? (laughs) How serious do you take it? Hallelujah! Glory to God. So today, God said, judge yourself. Take a moment. Praise God. And where do you need to apply the wonderful magic eraser? (laughs) Glory to God in your life. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. This is, it's been a sober message. It's been a serious topic. I knew it would be. But Father, it's not bad news. God, it's now in this life. It's now in this moment that we have chance and opportunity to change the outcome of what our eternity will look like. So, Father, for myself, I open my heart to you and I ask that you, you and your word and your spirit would examine me anew and see if there be any sin found in me. Give me, O oh God, a clean heart, a pure heart. I And if they agree, we we ask you, Father, to cleanse us of all sin, of all impurity. May the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our redemption to obtain the forgiveness of our sins be applied to the whole of our life, our thoughts, our motives, our words, our actions, our inactions. Forgive us and we receive forgiveness. (laughs) You said, Father, if we were, if we would confess our sin and we are today, that you would be faithful and just as a good Father to cleanse us of all of our sin. Amen. And to uh to forgive us of all of our sin and to cleanse us of all of our righteousness. Because you've done that for us right now, everyone under the, that's agreeing with my prayer and being sincere, there's no unrighteousness left, thank God. Only righteousness. Only rightness with you. And God, what that leaves us, some of us, is a blank slate. And now, help us, mark us, let this message be sealed in our minds and hearts forever. We do get in the grind of daily life. It is a little bit hard. That's why David prayed, Oh, teach me about my life. Help me to have the right perspective to see how short, how passing, how fleeting my whole life is. Help us to have that mindset, to be reminded often, Father, that time is short and soon we will meet you. And I just thank you for motivating us all to be about the Lord's business in these last days, fearing God, keeping the commandments. The greatest of all the commandments is that we love you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, with all of our strengths. And the second is like unto it, that we should love our neighbor as ourself. Thank you, Father, for the reminder we've been given today. Help us, God, to spread this word far and wide that others might know the truth of what we've said. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 All right. Well, you could stand.